robin. There's a little robin in the tree and this one's all about synchronicities. And the robin is my spirit animal. Probably where is to see him. Oh cool. This this podcast today is all about synchronicities and sort of what do you call it? Like people in prison and how being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's like how we could all really end up in prison. But I've just walked down this little lane and because I thought it looked quite cool. But I'm going to be going into the squirrel park. <laughs> we call it the squirrel park because there's, lo- there's loads of squirrels in here. But, well, I'm going to have to do the proper intro now. Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from Sophie Lawson. Come! And this is episode... Two, five, one of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast to do about the art and things with me co-host Little Dennis. Little Dennis is at home. I've just finished work and I'm going to do the podcast. So this one is quite a spontaneous one. And it's so spontaneous that I've lost my notes. I don't know where I've put my notes for this one. Hopefully I'll find them. Here we go. I've wrote a load of notes for this one on a piece of blue paper when I was at work this morning. It's very noisy around here. Let's get into this one though. So, because I finished work a bit later now, when I go do these walking talks, there's probably going to be a lot more people walking around. So, that's like a little bit of a sort of a I'm trying to push myself to do these podcasts around more people because of it's one of my little things but today today I will be mostly talking about prison and synchronicities so I've been watching this program on Netflix a documentary there's actually 32 episodes and it's, it's called, I think it's called I Am A Killer. And what it is, is each episode is 50 minutes long. And they basically go into a, into a prison, people on death row, and they interview people who are on death row. And they tell their story about the, the crime that they committed... And then they get other people who were there at the time as well. And what I've noticed with a lot of them, so far I think I've watched four or five, and what I've noticed is a recurring pattern. The first thing is, most of them have had, they had troubled upbringings. Either their parents were alcoholic and didn't really, I suppose you could say, didn't really want them. Or they were basically around like criminals and things. And then what, so what happened is, so far most of them have all been quite young, like 17, 18, 19. And what I started realising was, 
basically it could be you. Because if you had been born in that situation, who's not to say that you would have found yourself in that in the wrong place at the wrong time? And another thing that's struck me is a lot of these people have ended up in prison on death row and when you hear their story they didn't really do anything because like one of them there was this this was actually on a different documentary but it's the same sort of thing there was this lady who she texted somebody this has also got to do with synchronicities in a minute but this lady texted this boy her ex-boyfriend and basically got him to meet her down this like little alley because he he wanted some drugs so this is another thing the bloke the boyfriend wanted the drugs so he met these two drug dealers who this girl hooked him up with and then one of the drug dealers basically at that point the girl she goes off so she's not even there and then the one of the drug dealers basically robs the bloke and ends up killing him and then what happened was the girl she ended up getting life in prison, even though she didn't do nothing. And they said, well, because you set up the scene, you're sort of responsible for it. But then you could also say, it was, it was sort of his fault for meeting a couple of drug dealers down a back alley sort of thing. And that's another thing with a reoccurring pattern is... What was the other one yesterday? There was one where somebody got held responsible because they did something. But then I thought to myself, well, if they're responsible, how far back do you go? Because in other words, as an example, let's say you've got somebody who drives a car and they, they're driving the car... And somebody gets out of the car and... Sh- that's what happened. One of them was driving a car. This bloke got out of the car and shot someone. And the bloke driving the car... He got he got put on death row, even though he didn't do nothing other than drive the car. And then it turns out what happened was... The bloke that got out of the car and shot... The bloke who got murdered... What he had done was he had stuck his finger up... At these two in the car... So what happened was, the boy, the bloke driving the car... Yeah, I even said boy, because he was a boy, really, at the time. So the, the boy driving the car... He... He drove the car... So the, the police people said... He's responsible... For the bloke getting out of the car and shooting someone else. Because it's something to do with being in a party. But then I thought... Well, if he gets responsibility for driving the car... Surely the bloke who put his finger up should also have responsibility because if he hadn't stuck his finger up, the bloke wouldn't have got out of the car and shot him. So then you start thinking, well, how far back does this go? And that's why I think, really, surely it should just be the person pulling the trigger. I don't see why other people should get put on death row when they haven't actually even done done anything. It's quite a... It's a very strange thing. And the one yesterday... This bloke was in, in on death row. And what had happened was... They said it was like a satanic... Sort of death ritual thing. This bloke had gone in with an axe... And killed 
this bloke and these two two other people who just happened to be there and what happened was the bloke who one of the bloke the bloke who basically killed the three people with an axe because he was he was I think he was 17 or 16 because he was 16 he got 41 years the bloke who was just in the room and didn't actually kill anyone he got put on death row because he was 17 and he was the youngest ever person on death row or something so that's just to me that's weird and then the other thing is the bloke that was on death row was telling his story how, how it was and then at the end what happened was it basically come out the bloke who did do the murders admitted that he did all the murders so again I'm sort of thinking well why is why is that bloke who didn't really do anything on death row now what also happened and this made me really think about it it come out that the bloke that they murdered they were hinting that he was a paedophile so what happened was the boy that went into the this boy had keys to his house basically because the the bloke who they were saying was a paedophile had him sleeping over his house and he would have been about 15, 14, 15, 16 so he was like young and what happened was he didn't have any like parents or something so it's almost like that bloke was preying on the vulnerable now at the end the bloke on death row sort of started crying and said there's still things in me that I haven't I can't accept or heal yet and that to me said that he he wasn't ready to sort of say that he was raped by this bloke or something that's what I was thinking and then I started thinking well you can't ever say it's okay to murder someone but if you've if you've murdered a paedophile you might have actually stopped a lot more people getting hurt. So it's a bit like that little conundrum they say about you've got a train that's about to hit, you've got a train that's about to like blow up a building or something with thousands of people in there. You can actually pull a, pull a switch, change the track so that the only people who die, like you say, is the train driver. Say it's just a train driver or something. In other words, would you rather kill some one person or would you not do anything and have thousands of people die? And surely you would have to... Well, I don't know. That's the thing. In that situation, you've actually killed someone. Whereas in the other one, you've just watched thousands of people die. You could have done something to stop it, but you would have had to have killed someone. So all I'm... All it got me thinking was this, it's just, it feels a bit weird. But the main thing was, so many of these people said, what happened was, they basically, because they were still very young, they just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like they said, like this, the bloke that was in that house with the other bloke with the axe, he even said he didn't really know the bloke. What happened was, he was with... He just happened to go around his friend's house. And this bloke with the, the one that, with the axe, he happened to come round. So if he hadn't come round, nothing would have happened. 
it's almost like it's almost like to me that bloke was a bit sort of intimidated by the other bloke the one with the axe and so he went along with it so he's got to take responsibility but what I was thinking was if that was me in that situation at the age of 16 or something I might well have done it as well so I could quite easily see that I could have ended up in like on death row or something just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time so it makes me think to myself what is it that's determining these people coming into your life and stuff that's what I was thinking and then I was also thinking about my childhood because what happened was on the last podcast episode 250 I spoke about like when I was a child I was arsonist and joyriding and stuff but there's loads more to it than that. I was also stealing from shops. <laughs> I was also... What happened was... Well, what happened was... We had... In our house, we had these, like... People doing drugs and stuff. I was 13 at the time. And I actually... They had some... They called it squidgy black. Like a little bit of... Some sort of drugs on the table. What happened was... I. I basically took it off the table, took it to school and sold it. <laughs> so in a, in a way, I was a drug dealer. I only did it once, but I still did it. So what, and then, but now what happened here was, that same, in 1993, which was the same period, I got strangled by one of these blokes who was into the drugs and all the crime and stuff. I got strangled by him. And what happened then was it that took me out of the situation. I went and lived with my dad. So what I'm thinking to myself is, if I hadn't got strangled that night, I probably would have ended up going down a life of crime. That's what I think. And I could quite easily have ended up being in prison or something. So then I started thinking about, well, what was it then that made me get strangled? So in a strange way, that that experience of getting strangled was like negative at the time. But how do you not know that it's the best thing that ever happened? Because it stopped you from, it basically stopped you from ending up, say, on death row or something. Because I would have ended up going into... It's just a natural progression that I would have ended up stealing cars myself. I would have ended up probably doing drugs and... Because I have got a very addictive personality, if I got into something like some sort of drug, that would be very dangerous for someone like me. Yeah, with an addictive personality. But there is a difference because psychedelics, for me, that's like a spiritual experience. It's, a, it's almost like, for me, a, a one-time thing. Hey, there's a little squirrel. I didn't think we'd see any squirrels today. Little squirrel bouncing around. <laughs> yeah, but, um, what is it? Yeah, there, for me, there is a difference between... There's, like, different types of drugs. That's what I think. But what's happened is they've basically put all of the drugs in one 
category and demonise them. So there are certain types of drugs which are which are like negative, I would say, pure negative. So they can use that as an example and say all drugs are like that, but they're not. That's what I'm thinking. So it was just something I was thinking about, and for me, there's like a big sort of thing about synchronicity inside of this, because when you listen to some of these people talking, a lot of it does sound like just the way things happened was very synchronistic in what I would say is a negative way. But then I also think, like, these people, maybe they needed to go to prison because maybe that was that was just something that they needed to sort of find themselves or something and heal all of their wounds. So you can't you can't work out what's going on, but I do Hey little squirrel down here. Right now you can hear his feet. <laughs> I used to give these squirrels little bits of apple. They're probably hungry because there's not much not much food around. Oh, squirrels are so cool they are. I like their tails. They've got these big fluffy... Big fluffy tails. And then, so, what I was thinking was, synchronicities don't have to be... Synchronicities can be negative. Like, I got strangled. And... Like, that's a negative experience, but it ends up being positive. So, somebody might come into your life, like, you might end up going to prison, which is negative, but it might be positive. It's all depending on your, the way you sort of deal with it, I suppose. I still don't understand the laws in America, though. It seems very weird. Like, what happens... Because that's another thing. So they've got this law where it says if you're in the party, if somebody commits a murder and you're in the party, then you're... You can be basically put on death row because you was in the party, even though you didn't do nothing. But then I start thinking, like I said before, how far back does that go? Because what if your parents know you're going out to commit crime but they give you the keys to the car or something does that then mean your parents are responsible as well you see but another thing I was thinking was what is synchronicities I've had so many unbelievable synchronicities Especially the last, the last, well, yeah, the last, the last couple months, they've been in, 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 I can't, I won't, I don't want to sort of say what they are, but there's been these things where I've sort of thought, oh, I need this, and then it's happened. In such a, that little squirrel's following me. It's gone blind. Hello. So I'm thinking, like, what? And the only thing I can think is, it's we are inside some sort of dream. That's what I'm thinking. And 
what's happening is that somehow, because in a dream, if you if you want something, in that book I'm reading, The Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda, basically what it's got down to now is everything's all about intention. Wherever your intention goes, that's what you're going to get. So if you're intention is thinking about monsters you're going to get monsters and stuff and it just seems like that's this what's happening here if my intention is and it has to be like proper um proper like truth really emotional if your intention is to do something Somehow it will happen. It's almost like... Well, it's like a dream. I've been having a lot of strange... Experiences in my dreams lately as well. But the thing is, I don't want to talk about those. Because I've been thinking to myself... I'm not sure whether I should be talking about my dream experiences. But the one thing I will say is... Inside of the dream... You can talk to the dream... And the dream talks to you and stuff, but it's not you. So it's a diff. That's at the moment I'm trying to work. I'm trying to. I'm wondering what is the dream. What is that? If you go into a dream and say become lucid or something, it's not even just in the dream. This is another thing. In the way I've heard stories about people who are driving a. There's this bloke who's driving a a car down a road and minding his own business a voice said turn to the right like swerve to the right he swerved to the right just as like a truck come out something and if he hadn't swerved he would have died so there was like a voice basically talking to him well there's a voice in the dream realm that you can actually communicate with so I'm thinking what is it is it the dream itself? Is the dream itself an entity? And if it is, is it you? Is it you, like your higher self? Is it God or the universe? Is it somebody outside of the system, like a sort of an operator looking after the system or something? <laughs> or are we each assigned like a... A sort of an observer. That's like we're each assigned somebody who's outside of the system, just watching our progress or something. That's what I'm thinking. But because what happened the other day was, I was talking to this. The dream was it told me to do something. I did it, and then when I woke up, I realised I shouldn't have done it. So then I'm starting to think, well, what's the intentions of this dream? What's the intention of that voice in the dream, like the dream itself? Is it trying to... Oh, I'll tell you what happened then. I wanted to meet somebody in the dream realm, and I, I, said, I said out loud, I want to meet this person. And the dream said, go to sleep. So inside of the dream, I actually went to sleep. 
Because what I do is when I'm going to sleep, before I go to sleep, I say, one, I'm dreaming, two, I'm dreaming, three, I'm dreaming, four, I'm dreaming. And I do that until you fall asleep. So inside of the dream, I was lucid, and I started saying, one, I'm dreaming, two, I'm dreaming. And so I fell asleep inside of the dream because that voice, the dream, the voice told me to go to sleep. And then what happened was I went to another dream. I fell asleep and went to another dream and met the person, but I realised that when I woke up, I realised that wasn't the person I wanted to meet. So what I was thinking was the dream sort of made me go to sleep because when I'm going to sleep, it can then it can then create the dream that I'm going into. Whereas if I'd stayed lucid, I'm the one that's going to create where I'm going. So in other words, I'm in control of where I'm going if I stay lucid. But by going to sleep inside of the dream, I effectively lost my lucidity because I went into a like a sub-level dream. So now what's happened there is the dream itself created the new dream that I was in. Instead of... So then... So now what happened there was I also started thinking this is like the false awakenings. Because what happens is you wake up from a dream and you think you're awake but you're not. You then realise you're still dreaming. So what I'm thinking is, and I've thought this before, is the dream trying to sort of trick you to thinking you're awake so that you forget about your dreams. That's just what I'm thinking at the moment. So that's it for my notes. I think I've put, I've put prisoners, wrong place, wrong time, could easily be you, laws in America, my childhood, and then I've put synchronicities, what is it? And if this person, then that person. If this person, then that person. I don't know what that is, but... Yeah. That's it for this one, I think. Da, da, da. I do hope you enjoyed that. I like doing these walk and talks, but my fingers are freezing. It's, it's a beautiful day out here today, nice and sunny. But it's freezing, it is. And yesterday it was even snowing. We had about huh, half a centimetre of snow. I woke up and went to work and there was like a, a little layer of snow. Which, I like snow, I do. I wanted to make a snowman or something, but there's not, there wasn't enough snow. Crunching on the leaves. So I think that's it for this. But it is quite sort of... Um, that's another thing as well. I know the sort of person I was as a child. And I basically feel like I'm the same as these prisoners, really. Like, the way they were as children. And because I know the way I've changed and I've sort of evolved, and I feel like I'm a nice person... Who's to say that these criminals who, who like, committed these crimes, if they just had not been in that one place at, at that time, maybe they would have ended up becoming sort of, you know, 
sort of um, pioneers or something. You don't know, do you? And then the other thing is, is it really right to punish somebody for a mistake that they've made? So you've got this bloke who's on death row because he made one mistake as a child or as a young adult where, and all, all it was was he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. In a strange way, he sort of didn't really have much control over it. So why should he be punished for it? Surely what should happen is they should try to understand what... It's more like, for me, a psychological thing. Because that bloke's in prison now for the rest of his life. But if they could help him, maybe he could help other people. You see? But in all, what they're going to just do is put him in prison so then somebody else in the future who he could have helped, if they had helped him, he could have helped that person. That person will now commit a similar crime which they could have stopped. That's just what, that's what I'm thinking. I do hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> I haven't got a, a quote for this one. An inspirational quote. What can this week's inspirational quote be? This week's inspirational quote is... Huh, I just thought of something. There's on... Um, around the corner from where we live... Yeah, I love this. I don't, I don't know where that comes from. You're going to love this quote. My mum loves this. She thinks it's really funny. Life's a yoke and then you fry. <laughs> and in a strange way, that's kind of fitting for this podcast. Life's a yoke and then you fry. In other words, life is just a big joke. Not to be taken seriously and then you die. So you're going to die anyway. So, yeah, what I think is, as long as these people who are in death row, when they get to the end of their life, as long as they've evolved and have made peace with their mistakes and stuff, I think it'll be all right. And that's another thing as well. The people who actually kill them when they put on death row... Like surely that person who kills them is also a murderer. You see, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be killing someone because, like I said, it could quite easily be you. So this week's inspirational quote, life's a yoke and then you fry. What's happened is you've got the sun with the trees and 
it just looks really nice, like there's lots of shadows. It's quite a strange day today, really. It's a beautiful looking day, but it's so cold that it's, it's sort of making it a bit unpleasant. So it's almost like it's beautiful and unpleasant at the same time. <laughs> 